Interesting Items 0108 Howdy all, a few interesting items for your information. Enjoy! In this issue 1. Dementia Hitler 2. Malpractice 3. Gay 4. DeWine 5. Epstein 6. War 7. SBF 1. Dementia Hitler Having no other positive issues to run upon, looks like Democrats are going to run on their latest hoax, the Jan 6 Feds erection for the 2024 campaign. In order to set this up, I would like to pass along Scott Adams' latest name for Joe Biden, Dementia Hitler. From a persuasion standpoint, it is sticky, and fits, partly because it is sufficiently over the top, partly because it is funny, partly because every time it is used it reminds us all of Biden's decreasing mental capacity, as an aside, Fetterman is clearly getting better while Biden is clearly getting worse, and finally, because it throws Democrat endless accusations of conservatives being Hitler right back into their faces. I think I'm going to use it until he is removed from office. Dementia Hitler gave his campaign kickoff speech at Mount Vernon Friday. I think Washington is doing somewhere between 45 and 78 RPM in response. For a guy who ran on the promise to bring the nation together, it was one of the uglier speeches given in recent memory outside what we regularly hear from Iran and their proxies, quite the list of fellow travelers. Jonathan Turley Saturday fisted it nicely, pointing out that while dementia Hitler is promising to defend our democracy, he and his supporters are doing anything but, as they pervert the federal justice system in an attempt to jail his chief opponent, and use all manner of lawfare to remove any and all opposition from ballots nationwide, Democrat and Republican candidates. He claims to be fighting to defend the right to vote while Democrats are trying to remove 126 Republicans from Congress on the specious Jan 6 insurrection hoax. Turley points out that Democrats are approaching democracy the same way Henry Ford approached car colors, you can have any color you want as long as it is black. Similarly, the Democrats claim you can vote for any candidate you want as long as it is dementia Hitler. Basing the 2024 campaign on the Jan 6 insurrection, the most recent hoax, 2016 was Russia collusion, 2020 was COVID, Ukraine, not only puts Democrats a long way out on a very unstable limb, but it also puts them smartly in an old-fashioned military kill box. Here's how. The best way to deal with Jan 6 is simply to laugh at it, ridicule it. The notion that we end our republic, our democracy in Democrat terms, via a few hundred unarmed people wandering around a building in DC talking selfies is laughable. Note that those of us on the right are among the better armed and trained Americans out there. But if ridicule is the solution, why not use it immediately and crush dementia Hitler and his campaign instantly? This is where the notion of a kill box comes in. We have lured them into a kill box, a political box canyon, and are about to rain ridicule down on their pointy little heads. Do it too soon, and Democrats will be able to immediately pivot with the help of their media cheerleaders, enablers, go on to plan B their next hoax to base their campaign upon. The longer this current hoax continues, the more difficult it will be to for Democrats to pivot when, and if, they replace dementia Hitler as their candidate. The obvious warning for our side is not to wait too long and allow their persuasion to stand. 2. Malpractice. I have mentioned a couple times the growing number of lawsuits aimed at unscrupulous healthcare practitioners by men and women who suffered medical mutilation and took the irreversible hormone treatments as children and young adults. There aren't many so far, 
but they are starting and the numbers are growing. With that in mind, insurance companies, always on the lookout for things that will potentially financially destroy them, have started making it much more difficult to get malpractice coverage for those who perform the surgeries, treatment and counseling on the transitioning youngsters. Doubtless Democrats will attempt cramdowns at the federal and state levels like they did with the vax and those who refuse to perform abortions. But like the pharmaceutical corporations and the vax, as the medical community gets addicted to the new, artificially inflated stream of free money from transitioning kids and their endless treatment afterwards, somewhere along the line, the general public will get involved and that money stream will be abruptly terminated. Note that none of this applies to adults transitioning, though it should. The adults will end up having to pay for the festivities at some point in the not-so-distant future. Rather, it is entirely aimed at youngsters under the age of majority. And leading that charge are insurers who write malpractice coverage that will end up destroying the transitioning racket aimed at kiddos. The process has already started. 3. Gay. Harvard President and Day, affirmative action hire Claudine Gay resigned a week ago. Reason given was her burgeoning plagiarism scandal. Nobody involved mentioned the rampant anti-Semitism at Harvard or pro-Hamas students terrorizing Jewish students, something that still needs to be addressed. She blamed the resignation on her version of Hilly's vast right-wing conspiracy confirming she even plagiarized that, going on to blame it on racism, which seems to be her go-to rationale for everything. No wonder that Obama likes her. After being upset at the resignation, the left, always predictable, went after the notion of hiring and retaining people based on merit, as merit is by their definition racist. One of the fun outcomes of the festivities was the media going after hedge fund multi-billionaire Bill Ackman by targeting his wife with charges of her own plagiarism. Ackman is a Harvard grad and former large-caliber donor who turned on them, demanding Gay be cashiered. This infuriated Ackman, who went nuclear at Business Insider, where the hit piece was published, and the current MIT president who has so far retained her position. MIT is involved because Ackman's wife wrote her PhD dissertation there in 2010. They apparently assisted Business Insider with their hit piece. Ackman, like Musk before him now appears to be red-pilled, and like Musk has the resources to be just as disruptive in the financial world as Musk has been in space, EVs, and social media, x Twitter. Buying popcorn as this progresses would be a good plan. Note that the job at Harvard is not finished, as we still have the little matter of the Harvard board who put this day, affirmative action hire in place with marching orders to turn it into a political animal rather than an institution of higher education. 4. DeWine. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine vetoed legislation protecting kids from trans experimentation and not allowing men in women's sports. He defended the veto with all the expected mealy-mouthed excuse making one would expect. A day later, he signed an executive order doing essentially the same thing as the legislation, defending it as you would expect. What is going on here? Several things, I think. First, the follow-the-money filter always works. This time it may be working very well, as DeWine took upwards of $40,000 campaign donations from children's hospitals in the state. They stand to profit nicely from the trans craze until malpractice insurance shuts them down. Blowback was loud and significant, leading to the EO the next day. An EO is a lot easier to repeal than actual legislation. Finally, the Ohio legislature convenes WEDS, and should have sufficient votes for a veto override. 5. Epstein. 
The long-awaited release of names who flew on Epstein jets took place last week. Outside all the expected big names, Bill Clinton, Prince Edward, Michael Jackson, etc., there were a few unexpected names. Stephen Hawking is one. The thing that tends to connect most names involved was blackmail. Most of those on the list appeared to be easy targets for blackmail, leading some to suspect that the entire operation was an intel op by someone in the West. 6. War? Several warfare-associated pieces this week. First, after a century, trench warfare is back in Ukraine. The fact that the Ukrainians are using it probably tells us more than we need to know about the ineffectiveness of Russian armor, tanks and APCs. Second was a small boomlet about our inability to fight a three-front war. As I understand it, we never planned for nor were equipped to fight a three-front war. It was always a two-front conflict. Even World War II was a two-front war, Europe and the Pacific. Erdogan in Turkey is doing his level best to obstruct anything NATO wants to do. Most recent demonstration was his blocking a pair of minesweepers purchased by Ukraine from transiting the Bosphorus into the Black Sea. Erdogan continues to play the game under his own rules, not unlike how he has transformed politics in Turkey while in office. An analysis of space militarization notes that all roads lead to L2. There are five Lagrange points in the Earth, Moon system. A Lagrange, L, point is a location where a spacecraft or satellite will remain in place using very little fuel. Three of these points are in Earth orbit, 60 degrees ahead and behind the Moon, with L3 being on the opposite side of the orbit from the Moon. L1 is located between the Earth and the Moon. L2 is located beyond the Moon, also in line with it and the Earth. Some of these are more stable than others. The more stability, the less propellant needed to remain in place. We stand in the early stages of a new space race, this one with China. Congress has recommended that the U.S. start placing space assets at the various L points while keeping a watchful eye on the moon. If China and the CCP are our largest competitor, it is only logical to ask how they are doing? If you read the Faster Please Substack, it would appear they aren't doing all that well. In a piece entitled The China, Degrowth, Syndrome, James Pethokoukis makes a case that China is on the verge of some very tough times. At its foundation, population growth, idea generation, and economic power are all related. By restricting its population growth via the one-child policy for decades, the CCP has triggered a demographic decline, one they have recognized may have been deadly to their economy. The shrinkage in population has a direct impact on China's economic growth. Productivity gains contribute less than a sixth of China's GDP growth today, down a third in the 1980s and 2000s. The shift away from market economics to a managed economy is to blame for a lot of that. Worse, China does not have any appreciable immigration to make up for its cratering birth rate. Looks like the CCP has some real problems on the horizon. Hope they will be as intelligent as the Soviets and not do anything stupid once the size and inevitability of their problem becomes obvious. 7. SBF. This week's exercise in politicized law enforcement comes after Du and Jay prosecutors announced they would not proceed with a second trial against Sam Bankman, fried for conspiracy to make illegal campaign donations and bribery of foreign officials. Perhaps they are too busy going after Trump and Jan 6 targets to do what they were actually hired to do. In doing this, Du and Jay is essentially protecting Democrats from being named as SBF donation recipients. 
SBF laundered at least $100 million of customer money into various deep state political campaigns. $100 million was donated in the 2022 midterms. Prosecutors claimed they were unable to include illegal campaign donation charges because the extradition agreement with the Bahamas didn't include that count. Interesting that Du and Jay is unable to lard up the charges only on Republicans and conservatives these days. More later. A.G. Throughout history, poverty is the normal condition of man. Advances which permit this norm to be exceeded, here and there, now and then, are the work of an extremely small minority, frequently despised, often condemned, and almost always opposed by all right-thinking people. Whenever this tiny minority is kept from creating, or, as sometimes happens, is driven out of society, the people then slip back into abject poverty. This is known as bad luck. Dash Lazarus Long via Robert A. Heinlein, Time Enough for Love. 1974